The views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, advertising partners, or ownership of Forever Communications. It's time for the Tri-State Sports Podcast, presented by Jerry Ward Autoplex and the Hawks Nest. Now, here are your hosts, John Thornton and Jordan Taylor. And welcome in. It is the Tri-State Sports Program, presented by Jerry Ward Autoplex and the Hawks Nest. Just John Thornton and Jordan Taylor here on hand for you today. I know we said last week we were going to have Chad Withrow and Jonathan Hutton from Outkick the Coverage this week, but they had to reschedule once again because, you know, Jordan, I guess uh, hosting a national show and writing for a national website makes you slightly busy. Um, and they attended the Super Bowl, right? I think yeah, they, they did. did. They got yeah. back, I think, yesterday. So, yeah, yeah. yeah hey, we'll get them when we get them. We're just happy that we're happy that they're going to come on with us. Yeah, well, we're going to get them whenever they can. <laughs> they can get the time out of their schedule. Obviously, they're very busy. So, but we're thrilled to be back and have another show for you guys today. Obviously, quite a bit to talk about the Super Bowl over the weekend and the NBA trade deadline last week. Both absolutely nuts and plenty to unpack from both of those. Before we dive in, I want to remind you, as always, that you can follow me on Twitter at John underscore MT18 on Twitter. You can follow Jordan at JT underscore 1823. You can tweet us on the Froggy handle at NWTN underscore Froggy. You can text us on the text line at 731-885-9999. Bit of a programming note. I know we'll touch on this here in just a moment. Obviously, the uh, District 12 AA tournaments are this week. I told, was telling this to Jordan a few minutes ago. We're hoping we're going to get the video stream as much of those as we can, but uh, with the NFHS, uh, that kind of makes it difficult sometimes. And so um, right now that's kind of up in the air. We will for sure have radio coverage. I can yeah. definitely tell you that. Um, as far as well, whether we have the video, we don't know. And so um, we'll, we'll try to keep yeah. you guys posted on that right now. But uh, we apologize if we can't. That's just a TSSAA NFHS thing. We don't like it any more than you guys do. Um, you know, we we certainly think you guys and, and most viewers would prefer the free option instead of having yeah. to be behind a ten dollar paywall for the NFHS. But uh, Jordan, unfortunately, that is uh, that is the state kinda, of things. That's kind of how it goes. And I think another note, programming wise, is to 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 make mention that we're going to continue to try to get some really good guests on. There may be um, a few shows here and there that we don't have guests. We actually talked about this yesterday. We're kind of in a dead period for sports right now. You know, in a sense, I mean, it's kind of flipping over to. Uh, baseball season, the end of basketball season. So we're still going to have some great guests on in the future, but there probably will be more shows over the next you know month and a half, two months of just John and I. So just uh, hope you like us because that's what you're going to get for a little bit before we start booking up a full slate of guests again here in the well, spring. And part of that too is we're kind of in limbo with uh, yeah. Jordan's baby situation. Um, yeah. Obviously he is awaiting the birth of his daughter and so uh, that is uh, coming down the pike. And, you know, yep. like we, we've talked about before, we talked about this last week, that could happen anytime really at, 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 as of the beginning of March. And so it's kind of hard yep. to schedule <laughs> when you don't know if Jordan's even going to be here. So Yeah, it could happen on a dime, man. I could be gone quickly. So we so, got to keep that in mind for sure. Indeed. So we'll dive into the local headlines as we start the show here today. Obviously, uh, we want, as we mentioned, the District 12 AA tournaments are this week. Union City won last night in the girls. They won their playing game. We'll play Westview on Thursday at Martin Westview High School. They'll play a championship or consolation game Saturday night. The boys play Gibson County for the boys tournament, which will be hosted by Milan. And obviously, again, the championship or consolation will be on Monday 
Knight and Jordan obviously going to fill in for Coach Eddie Suter on Thursday. It will be interesting, Jordan, for you to get a chance to lay eyes on some of these really good girls basketball teams in District 12 AA. Yeah, I mean, definitely been some really good basketball played. Um, obviously, I've seen Union City, I've seen Gibson County as well, but I've been able to see uh, Westview. I haven't seen Westview this year, obviously, in the, in the previous years, how good they've been. Uh, it seems like forever at, at girls basketball and they continue to to put a good product on the floor and you know that they're going to continue to do that and this is a time of year where you know you're putting the the pedal down and you're making a run for uh for murfreesboro for the glass house so uh we'll see uh we'll see what happens down the stretch of this tournament but obviously union city picking up the win last night uh that was big to uh to keep their season alive no doubt about that that was winner go home but now they've bought themselves at least three more games the boys have already done that as they got the first round by into the semifinals at the District 12 AA tournament. On the Titans side, obviously a plenty of NFL headlines to get into with obviously the Super Bowl going on, but also some offseason moves happening. The Titans have reshuffled their coaching staff. Uh, we'll get some Jordan's thoughts in particular on this. This new the, Some of the new staff changes look like this. Tim Kelly promoted from passing game coordinator to offensive coordinator. Former Falcons quarterback coach Charles London is the new quarterback coach and passing game coordinator. Previous quarterback coach Pat O'Hara has been moved to a pass game analyst, Reed Demoted. Uh, Tony Dews has been moved from running back coach to tight end coach and assistant offensive line coach. Jason Hoftaling has been promoted to head O-line coach. And then in more of a joking sense, former <laughs> coordinator Todd Downing has been named the passing game coordinator for the Jets. So, obviously, plenty of coaching news there for the Titans. Jordan, thoughts on all of that? those moves? Can you get away with drinking and driving in New York? Um, we'll see. <laughs> you know, that, I think Todd Downing is making the move to the Jets. Uh, all joking aside, obviously, um, he, he's had a colorful <laughs> ending to his Titans tenure, but um, I know he's – I know a lot of people still think he's a great young coach. I mean, he's still pretty young and – uh, got a great offensive mind, at least some people feel like. So maybe he can do some things with the Jets. I think part of the problem, John, with the Titans is, um, if you look on the edge, I mean, who's, who's Tannehill when he was playing and even Malik Willis and Dobbs? And we pretty much trotted everybody out at quarterback this year. They didn't really have a whole lot of guys to to throw the football to. There wasn't a whole lot of playmakers on the edge. Uh, you know, Burke stayed hurt most of the year. He was the guy they drafted early in the, in the draft last year to replace A.J. Brown, uh, but he was banged up most of the year. So – uh, a lot of people were complaining about the uh, promotion of Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator. Um, but I, I think you got to give him an opportunity uh, with, with some pieces. But that means the Titans are going to have to make some moves this offseason, and that remains to be seen. Yep. Obviously, now we're kind of transitioning into draft, combine, and free agency prep. And so uh, we'll see if the Titans can go and make a move in free they agency. They are talking about – supposedly they are talking about trading up. So And they're okay. at 11 right now, so – no, I don't know how high you would trade up. but I present you Will Levis. Will Levis, yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah. As we said, the NBA trade deadline was last week. The Memphis Grizzlies we thought would be active, and they did indeed make a deal. They acquired Luke Kennard from the Los Angeles Clippers in a three-team deal that sent Danny Green to the Rockets. Uh, they also had been obviously – very deep in discussions for OG Ananobi with the Raptors. They had offered three first-round picks for Ananobi, but apparently no deal could get done. And after the Kevin Durant trade, which we will unpack in more detail coming up later in the show, Mikel Bridges was thought to be kind of on the offer table for the Nets. The Grizzlies were apparently making some calls on that, but no deal could get done for either one of them. 
One note that I did find out last week that was interesting, Jordan, we had mentioned this last summer when KD made the first trade request. The Grizzlies had made every pick and pick swap they owned available for Kevin Durant. They had obviously said, we're not going to put John Morant, Desmond Bain, or Jaron Jackson on the table, but anything else and any draft pick you want, they're all available if you'll give us Kevin Durant, which I was pretty floored by that news because that's a Quite a, I mean, I knew you knew Kevin Durant would demand a haul, but I just it just was unfathomable they, to so me. They, did. they were that aggressive. <laughs> so they did offer other players besides those three. I'm sure they did, but uh, they, you know, it's just been noted that they will not offer Morant, Bain, right. or Jackson which, any deal, which makes sense. But you know, from you got to offer more than than picks and picks. Well, I'm sure there were. Yeah. I mean, you you got to, and I think that's why. If the Grizzlies didn't, then that's probably why that that conversation didn't come down. I mean, down you know to be done. But if you look at at what the Grizzlies already have, if you add Kevin Durant in there if, with that core three or four guys, I mean, that would have been that been pretty wild. But I just don't think. I think Memphis is going to struggle to get a. Um, a big time superstar like that that's been in the league a long time just because of the market. I mean, as bad as it as bad as it stinks, that's kind of what it is. Uh it's kind of how it's been over the last several years. But obviously they're in contention with, with, with the young core they got. And I mean you're the Grizzlies fan here, but I don't want to sell my whole future for a guy that, you know, yep. maybe 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 plays a couple years and then leaves. So I mean I but you also gotta you got you gotta try to win the championship when you got an opportunity too. So I can see both sides of it. Well, and I think the other thing that kept coming out was he wanted Phoenix really bad. Oh yeah, he finally got his he finally got his way, and uh, obviously we'll unpack that that whole storyline going forward. But on the Luke Kennard front, I mean, I, I think it's a good move. They had some shooting. He's been one of the top three point shooters in the league for the last couple of years, and you know that's one thing that especially with John Morant being able to drive into the lane and, and set up teammates, you know. You just need guys who can knock down shots. Kennard can do that. And, you know, he's obviously younger than Danny Green. He's um, good so, yeah. So I think it's a decent little deal. The Grizzlies move on from Danny Green, who hadn't really had a great start, but obviously he's been old and dealing with injuries. And so, um, good move. You, you, you keep the shooting, but you get a little younger and perhaps a little healthier. So, uh, yeah, I think, he was, I think he's top 10 or 15. I saw a stat in the league in three point shooting. So, yeah. Um, I mean, he instantly becomes a, a factor for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are already good at getting downhill, getting to the basket. Got a lot of players that can play around the rim, and Jaws one of those guys, which you may not think that because of you know he's a guard, he's a point guard, but he's really I mean, you saw it in the Timberwolves game, uh, you know, the other night. I mean, it, he's incredible when he gets downhill towards the basket and he's really explosive. So I think adding Luke Kennard for the Grizzlies, a guy that can spot up and shoot the threes, is, is really gonna help them. And and John, he could really, I mean, he could chip in 10, 15 points a night and help you out. Yes. I mean, he he is a guy that you could look up at a box score and and it's six for six or yeah. you know five of eight from three on a given night. And I mean, yeah. really really helping you out just from just standing in the corner. So, uh, big week for him. Uh, it was not a fun week for Tennessee basketball. Unbelievably dropping back to back games at the Horn to Vanderbilt and Missouri on buzzer beaters. They've now lost three of four and have fallen to number ten in the AP poll. And they get number one. Yes, unfortunately, this is a real thing. Number one, Alabama, coming to town tomorrow night. Yeah, only the second time that they've been number one in, in basketball. Um, and, you know, for Tennessee, it'd be the most Tennessee thing ever to drop two, yes. uh, two embarrassed, to have two embarrassing losses to unranked teams and, and turn around and beat the number one team in the country uh, right after that. Both, both games were 
felt like it was the same game. I mean, just watching the ending of them, um, just kind of sloppy, you know, didn't couldn't hold a lead, you know, fell that fell down 10, 15 points and tried to come back and make something out of nothing and made it a game at the end. And then just to leave, uh, which Missouri game is just a heave, but Vanderbilt game, they left the, the shooter wide open in the corner. So they got to do a better job in, in, in those situations, but they're better than this. They got a lot, they got guys that they got a team to really compete. I mean, they got the talent. They're just not, they're not playing together. And I think the main thing, John, we've harped on it a lot, but, uh, offensively, they just there. There's times where they just cannot find a way to score, and that's yep. been the biggest issue. Yeah, they've got to find a way to be more consistent. You'll never question this team's ability to defend, but they've got to find a way to score the basketball and find your guy. You know, this was something Coach Suter and I talked about a little bit with Union City Girls in our broadcast last night. When you when it is late in the game and you've got to have a bucket and the offense is struggling, you've got to have somebody you can yeah. turn to to say all right, give me the ball, I'm getting into the basket, or I'm making a shot, and, and let's go. I mean, and I don't know who that is for Tennessee right now. I mean, it's just nobody's really emerged as that threat this year. So yep. um will be interesting, obviously, as we've hit the final month of the regular season. Cardinals made a trade over the weekend, giving cash considerations to the Royals for left-handed reliever Anthony Misiewicz. I don't know how you say his last name, so the Cardinals add some bullpen depth. UT Martin, the Skyhawks ended a three-game skid with a huge blowout win over Little Rock, now sitting in a, a five- or six-way tie for second and eight and six in the conference. And, you know, they blew away Little Rock Jordan. Davis, our you know, our good friend Davis Gregory looked at me after the game and said, when was the last time you remember UTM de- destroying a conference opponent like this? And yeah. I said, I, I don't it's remember. It's been a long time. It's been a while. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the women have lost three in a row. They sit sixth in the OVC standings and obviously celebrated senior day over the weekend. So, you know, they've got about two weeks left and then Evansville rolling around Jordan. Yeah. It'll be here before we know it for sure. I mean, I think the women, um, you know, played, played pretty good the other day, um, against one of the top teams in the conference. So, uh, you get nothing to hang your head about. I, I was I always like listening to coach McMillan. Obviously he's got a lot of insight about yeah. his team and, um, I, I think he likes where they are. I mean, obviously the record doesn't show it, but his teams always, you know, play hard towards the end of the year and start playing good basketball. And they didn't play bad. They're just losing games. They're the teams that are just a little bit better and able to close it out. So we'll see if they can make some noise in the tournament. And the men, obviously being tied for second, that's big for them because like we talked about, uh, there's been many, many years where they uh, have really, really struggled. Uh, so it's, it's good to see them having some success. Well, and this year, the OVC going back to the old format that we remember with the double bye in the men's yeah. uh, tournament. So if you get that number two seed, you would get a double bye to the semifinals. Or even if you're, you know, one of the three or four, you get to straight to the quarters. So, yeah. you know, seeding is important in that tournament. And we've seen that before. It's really hard, Jordan, when you play on that opening Wednesday night to make a run all the way to Saturday. So um, seeding will be important now in the final two weeks of this regular season. Yep. Let's take a break. We will come back. We'll get into the NFL and other national headlines. Plenty to talk about on the other side. Stay tuned. It is the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. For your next car or truck, come see Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City. Jerry Ward and his all-star team have a lot filled with pre-owned small, mid-sized, and full-size cars, SUVs, and nice trucks, too. And if they don't have the right size, they'll find it for you. No matter what you're looking for, score your next ride at Jerry Ward Auto. Real Foot Avenue in Union City or online at jerrywardautoplex.com. Like Jerry always says, don't dream it, drive it. Be a winner with Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City. 
Segment two on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. As Jordan was saying during the break, happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there, to all of you and yours. Well, plenty to talk about on the national headlines front. We have now finalized a fourth NFL coaching hire out of the five openings. And before we kind of unpack that one for the Colts, Jordan, you know, I was thinking about this today. Has Arizona's been the quietest of this this cycle? I mean, I feel like I've heard nothing yeah. about that about that search whatsoever about who they're looking at, and you know, have they zeroed in on any candidates? Have they narrowed the field down? I mean, it just seems like it's been crickets on that. Program. I haven't heard much about it either. So you know, who knows when when Arizona will make a hire? Obviously, uh, Kyler Murray is kind of the linchpin. You would think does somebody want to deal with all of that? But uh, as we mentioned in the past, Carolina hired former Colts coach Frank Reich. Denver has hired former Saints coach Sean Payton after a trade. And the Texans have hired 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans. And then freshly this morning, my Indianapolis Colts have announced that Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen is the pick and was officially hired this morning. He becomes the latest in a long line of young offensive minds to get a hire just 37 years old. He'll be the third youngest head coach in the NFL. And, you know, the, the thing that people were pointing out on Twitter this morning, Jordan, people are hiring these young offensive minds because they ha- had a lot of success. And I'm not saying he's going to turn things around quickly or he will eventually, you know, win a Super Bowl or anything. But you look at the track record of hiring, hiring offensive hires, three of the six offensive hires in 2022 won five plus more games than the year before. In the last 10 years, nine of the top 10 scoring offenses made the playoffs. And then in the last th- two years, 13 of 16 coaches to reach the divisional round came from an offensive background. It is clearly an offensive league now in the NFL. That's exactly where I was going. That's where we're at. You got to score some points. You got to have a good quarterback. You got to have a good uh, play caller. You got to have a good coach that knows how to put those guys in position to uh, score some points. That's where that's where the NFL is. Um, you got to score a lot of points to have a good chance to win. Obviously, it's still important to get timely stops and have a good, deep, solid defense. We saw that with the 49ers this year. Uh, but the 49ers are also not bad offensively. So you got to have got to have some guys that, um, you know, really can can go and, and score. And uh, I think it's a good hire. I mean, obviously he did a lot for the Eagles this year. He really turned around and helped Jalen Hurts uh, progress this year. They had an excellent year. Um, also, they have a lot of weapons. I mean, when you have a lot of guys that can, to, can go make things happen offensively, it definitely makes a difference. So we'll see what he can do with Indy. Um, obviously, I hope there's not too much success there, at least in the division. <laughs> Um, I guess he can uh, beat everybody. Well, actually, if he beats everybody by the Titans, he's still in the division. So I hope he, uh, I hope he loses the division somehow. Um, but we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens down the stretch here. But I do think it's a good hire. I think it's a good opportunity for him for sure. Well, and this is the thing I was thinking about, and, and that a lot of Colts reporters are pointing out. You know, the Colts were were last or close to last in just about every major offensive category a year ago. That was kind of the one of the big factors in, in why they were so bad last year was they were horrific offensively, so it kind of made sense that you would want a new offensive guy to kind of come in and, and shape things. And, you know, I have a, an Eagles fan that I go to church with told me yesterday when it was starting to kind of leak out, he said he's really good about playing to the strengths of the players and not trying to, you know, force a square peg into a round hole. He, he will right. mold things to his personnel, and obviously you've seen that with how creative he's gotten with Jalen Hurts. He was really good with Justin Herbert, and he's also been really good with Phillip Rivers. So he's got a good track record with quarterbacks. Obviously, Indy doesn't have a clear-cut quarterback right now, um, and you would expect them to draft one, whether that be C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, or, or Anthony Richardson. No, I'm not saying Will Levis. 
No. <laughs> um, but obviously he he has a really good track record. And if they can keep Gus Bradley, I said this on Twitter today, he the Colts denied other other teams the opportunity to interview him for defensive coordinator openings. I think you know, you let Gus Bradley go over here, deal with the defense, let Steichen develop the quarterback and the offense, and I think that would be a really good pairing. And so we'll see what happens, but uh, I think this is a good step for, for my franchise, which flailed around like a dead fish for the majority mm-hmm. of the fall in uh, 2022. And that, no, it was not just Saturday. Thank you, Lord, for that <laughs> as well. Um, anyway, moving on, let's get into some headlines elsewhere around the NFL. Plenty to get into from there. Sean Payton is expelling personal coaches from the Denver facilities, which is a big adjustment for Russell Wilson. Tom Brady is going to take a gap year and will start his new job with Fox in 2024, which part of that, Jordan was sending me this yesterday, Greg Olson going to be forced to take a massive pay cut, which is very wrong and very weird. Uh, the Vikings are hiring Dolphins head co- former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores as their new D.C. A.J. Green retiring after 12 seasons. Derek Carr spent a couple of days with the Saints last week, but is not accepting a trade to anybody. He has a no-trade clause, so the Raiders are going to have to release him. Apparently, they had a deal nearly in place with the Saints, but Carr's $40 million guaranteed in 2023 prevented that from panning out. So Carr intends to visit some other teams. Steve Wilkes hired as the new 49ers DC, and Giselle apparently helping Tom Brady make that final decision to retire and apparently back on speaking terms with her ex-husband. So, Jordan, where do you want to go unpacking this first batch of NFL headlines? Pretty wild, pretty from one extreme to the other. I mean, Russell Wilson having the, the personal staff in there is hilarious, and I think it's funny that, that Peyton's not going to allow that to happen. Brady starting with Fox. I think we knew he'd probably take a break, but – what they're doing with Olsen, I, I think, is just is wrong. Uh, I thought he did a pretty good job this year. Um, I think he's a pretty good analyst, so I hate to see him having to take a, a step back there when when Brady comes because who says Brady's even going to be good? I mean, I know he was good yeah. at football, but who said he's going to be really good? Um, A.J. Green playing 12 seasons and retiring, the fact that he was in the league for 12 seasons makes me feel super old because yes. I remember him playing college football, so it's, it's pretty wild that he has been around for 12 years. Um, Derek Carr is kind of in a situation that Ryan Tannehill would be in if the Titans tried to deal him, and that's uh, you know the, the money. I mean, the money that people want to uh, the the money that's tied to these quarterbacks that are just average quarterbacks. I mean, so it's it's going to be tough for them to figure something out. Uh, obviously, the Titans can still cut him, but it has to be after that June deadline. Um, so we'll see what happens there, and then maybe Brady uh, Brady and his ex wife get back together. Man, who maybe knows? So. I mean, maybe, maybe they figure something out. Uh, obviously, she. She helped him make that decision to um, to basically hang up the career, and I thought I thought maybe she would do that last year. I thought probably she was in that conversation. So maybe he noticed, okay, this last year was not worth losing my marriage, so let's retire and let's see if I can, um, you know, make that relationship better. But supposedly he's got a girlfriend who's like 15 years younger than him. So I, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But um, I don't know. I, I expect them to probably be done because I think she was kind of fed up with that situation. So. I do think uh, Derek Carr is going to have his fair share of suitors because, again, it's a quarterback-driven league, and, and Carr is adequate enough to win you some games. I mean, he's not going to put you over the top, but, I mean, there are plenty of quarterback-starved teams that I'm sure will make a push for him. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo apparently is going to have his fair share as well. He's going to be on the market. So what will be interesting is there should be some quarterback shuffling going on. Of course, Aaron Rodgers in the headlines. We're going to get to him and how 
of a the Colts. A the Colts could go get the Colts could go get Derek Carr instead of drafting a, a quarterback. I think. Uh, I think no, 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 no. Let's just draft <laughs> CJ Stroud or Bryce Young and let's be done. <laughs> Uh, over the Super Bowl weekend, NFL awards came out. Patrick Mahomes wins the MVP, his second after winning it in 2018. Offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson. Defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. Coach of the year, Brian Dable. Assistant of the year, D'Amico Ryans. Comeback player of the year, Geno Smith. Offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson. Defensive rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner. And Walter Payton, NFL man of the year, Dak Prescott. Jordan, any thoughts on the award list that came out from NFL honors? Obviously, uh, getting to watch a little bit of this, you know, Mahomes is going to highlight it with the MVP. Uh, I thought it was deserved. Obviously, I think Hertz was right there. I thought he had an opportunity. Um, similar to the Super Bowl, John, I think that that Hertz probably had the better overall year, uh, but Mahomes meant more to his team, as weird as it sounds. So it's kind of, um, you know, you got to look at it two different ways. I mean, it, I think the award is, uh, you know, I think it's kind of biased in a way. Mahomes has been around longer. Obviously, everybody knows the talent he is, and you're going to take him over Jalen Hurts. I mean, and I think that if you look at purely just stats, then you may lean Hurts. But it was well-deserved either way. I think he could have went either way. And, uh, you know, I think that's the award that really that really jumps out. The coach of the year, obviously, the ball did a, a heck of a job with the Giants flipping them around. That was another one I, you know, was expecting. I thought he would probably win that. And then Justin Jefferson, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a uh, parlay that a guy placed. It was like five or six legs on a lot of these awards, and he hit five of the six. He hit like the offensive player, oh, the wow. defensive player, uh, MVP. Uh, and I think the one thing he missed was maybe the uh, maybe the maybe the coach of the year or something like that. But wow. it was it was pretty crazy. It was like five dollars to win like uh, almost a million. So it was wow. He missed it by one leg, so it was oh. it was pretty wild. But uh, to predict all these awards, that's pretty impressive. But no, I thought no it was doubt. I thought it was a good year, and and Geno Smith getting the comeback player of the year. I, that that award to me was the one that was kind of open. There was two or three guys that I thought maybe McCaffrey was in that as well. Uh, I thought he he had an opportunity because of what he did, but I think he got traded you know too late. You know, if he'd been with them all year, maybe he maybe he wins that award. But Geno deserved that. He had a really good year. Yeah. Well, I think the other one that sticks out to me, how, you know, I, I, Nick Bosa winning defensive player of the year, well deserved, but how does Micah Parsons not get one first place vote? I mean, dude, come on now. Uh, he, I mean, he is obviously in the same conversation as Nick Bosa. I, I'm not saying, I mean, oh, I yeah. think you could have given oh, yeah. either one, either one could have won it, but one, not, not one first place vote. I mean, I don't know who votes on these things, but come on now. Come on now. I mean, yeah. Um. NFL Hall of Hall of Fame class of 2023 came out, and you know Jordan, we are getting old. When I recognized about half of this class as guys, I remember watching Dante <laughs> Barber, Darrell Revis, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, no relation, Demarcus Ware, and then Don Coriel, Chuck Halley, Joe Klecko, and Ken Riley get in as senior coaches contributors as well. But I mean, you're talking about Barber and Revis, two of the best defensive backs of their generation. Revis Island, literally a phrase coined around him. Joe Thomas, who's a stalwart left tackle. Zach Thomas, great mm -hmm. linebacker for the Dolphins for a long time. And Demarcus Ware, obviously a terrorizing pass rusher for the Broncos and most notably for the Cowboys, won that Super Bowl with Denver. So pretty solid class there going to be inducted into Canton this year. Some really good players. And like you said, I remember watching a lot of them play uh, you know, Rondé Barber was was really good. Darrell Revis was really good, um, and and Joe Thomas, who it feels like just retired yesterday. I mean, I remember yeah. when he retired. So, 
uh, it's pretty crazy. And obviously, uh, a lot of people are already looking at that class from five years from now. With after you know JJ Watt and Tom Brady have both retired this offseason, so we'll see. Um, I always enjoy watching and seeing who gets to go in uh, and who doesn't. I think there's some guys out there that um, maybe obviously weren't first ballot, but they still um, they still got an opportunity to get in in, in, in the years to come. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So uh, a few other things to touch on. The Giants are going to try and get Saquon Barkley on a long-term deal. The Ravens would be tempted to trade Lamar Jackson for a windfall of draft picks, draft picks quote-unquote. The Commanders are expected to release Carson Wentz. Cliff Kingsbury, after originally saying he was going to take a break from coaching, spoke to the Ravens about their OC opening and has interviewed with the Texans for their job. But the Ravens have now hired Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Monken as their new OC. And then we have to unpack the perhaps the weirdest NFL player I've <laughs> ever observed. So the Jets are now making an official inquiry about Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are ready to trade Rodgers if he requests one. And then Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and said after the Super Bowl, he will quote unquote take a four day darkness retreat. So he's reach. in it right now. Well, he had said he hasn't started it yet, I thought. But whatever he does, I mean, pitch black all day and night for four days. Even this dude talked about he's going to be on some drug that's going to make him hallucinate. I mean, what is. <laughs> what is this? I mean, I, I guess he's it's attention number one. I mean, that's that's the main thing. People talking about him. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't talk about what Stephen A. Smith says much, but Stephen A. said it best when uh, you're one of the best quarterbacks in the league and you've been talked about for years and years, and you're never making it to the big game. I mean, he hasn't been in the Super Bowl since when, John? I can't even remember the year he was there. So uh, it was, it was, it's, it's over it's 10 been, years ago, 2010. It's been a while, over a decade. If, if he's one of the best, he should have at least made one appearance appearance since then. So he needs to be careful with um, what he decides to do. I do think the Jets have young pieces. Now, can he take the Jets to the Super Bowl? I'm not so sure about that. I think yeah. there's a lot of other really good teams, so I think it's going to be tough. But uh, if he is if he is in his darkness right now, may may darkness be great, Aaron Rodgers. I hope things go I hope things go well for you. I hope you can figure it out. But uh, I don't think he has much longer either. I think he's nearing the end, of course. Oh, well, I mean, unless he wants to stretch this out like Brett Favre and then you know, go from the Jets, the Vikings, and Vikings. You know, I mean, who, yeah, unbelievable. Um, moving on into a couple of other headlines from around other sports. LeBron James is the new NBA all time scoring. Leader after a extra celebration there at the end of the third quarter, which I mean, I mean, I told you this, Jordan, so extra. I mean, it was so over the top, but I, I can't. Considering who we're dealing with, I can't be surprised. But congratulations to LeBron for setting that new record. The Clippers are interested in getting Russell Westbrook after he gets traded by the Lakers and is apparently thinking about getting bought out by the Jazz. We'll see how that plays out. Zion Williamson has aggravated his hamstring injury and is out past the All-Star break. James Harden in the wake of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant getting traded from Brooklyn, saying now, I don't look like the crazy one. So any thoughts on those quick headlines from the NBA? you got to respect LeBron. Uh, it's hard for me to do. Uh, there's a lot of things off the court that he does that are really, really good in the community. Um, but how he acts, you know, it, it really makes it hard for me to get behind and, and want to pull for him, uh, at least on the court. I mean, he whines about everything. We've seen it flops around like a fish when he doesn't get the call. Um, but, I mean, greatness is greatness, man. And and we uh, we probably just saw the last guy that we'll see have that record. I don't think that in our lifetime anybody will be able to beat it. Um, I think the only guy that 
that right now that's in the league uh, that maybe has a shot is Luka, and that's just because of the way he can score. But now that you've added Kyrie, which it may be short term, um, you know that's that's going to take some points from him as it did last night. If you look at that game they lost last night, but um, you know it's 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 really a, obviously a huge accomplishment. Um, but I do think that you know LeBron is obviously not known as a scorer. Uh, and, and the one thing that bothered me more than anything was he was talking about how he didn't really care about, um, you know, scoring. He didn't care about getting there. He was never a scorer. You know, when he broke this record, it wasn't going to be a big deal because that's not what he is. And then, of course, we blow out the, the end of the third quarter. We make this big sell. I mean, it's like the game was over. It's like they yeah. won the finals, which yeah. I know it's a big deal. But, I mean, then you got to – then you're the, the Thunder having to, to get ready to keep going and keep playing. So, I just thought it was a little much. Maybe do that after the game, uh, but I don't know about in the middle of the game. Um, as far as Russell Westbrook goes, I would love nothing more than for the Clippers to sign Russell Westbrook, them to play the Lakers, and him just go off. I'm talking score 25 <laughs> to 30 points, bring back the old Russ, dunk on LeBron. I mean, there would be there would be nothing better than saying that because they gave up on him, man. That's what they yep. did. They, they gave yep. LeBron got his wish by asking them to go get Westbrook they go get Westbrook and it doesn't work out and he's headed out of LA at least temporarily may come back with the clips um Zion not playing I mean come on dude are we surprised he hasn't played half well over half his career and then uh, obviously there was a little drama in, in Brooklyn and James Harden made that note I mean he I do think that he was headed out anyway so he, he's getting away to kind of make an excuse for it now uh but I do think there was some some weird things going on there in Brooklyn no question. It's certainly uh, a weird environment, and I guess the question is, was it a byproduct of the personalities in the locker room, or is yes. it more of there's something else going on that inflates the the issues that those individuals have? Well, if you look um, at the – if you look at the – and I know we're going to get to this. I don't want to spoil it, but you look at the trades they just made with their two big superstars. They started four of those guys they went and got last night out of five. They started four of them. So they, they trade two of their superstars away. They get some good role guys, and now these guys are getting opportunities to be starters. So we'll find out real quick if it's the front office, if it's the coaching, or if it was just too, too big of names trying to play all together. I think it was more that you got three, you know, really big names of the NBA trying to play together. with James They're Harden all weird. Yeah, they're all, all really weird. strange guys, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, was, a, it, was, a, it was a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Uh, in the MLB, Derek Jeter going to join the MLB on Fox announcer team. Pitchers and catchers have reported for spring training today. The MLB will make the ghost runner rule permanent in extra innings starting in 2023. In college football, Texas and Oklahoma, after originally not thinking they'd get this done, they have managed to reach an agreement. They'll leave for the SEC in 2024 and will pay out well over $100 million. And then a weird story in college basketball is New Mexico State has suspended its men's basketball program indefinitely over various allegations regarding hazing. All the coaches on the staff have been placed on administrative leave. Jordan, and then you had the Michigan, Michigan State situation last night as well. With, you oh, what know, happened? Some, oh, the shooting. Yes. The shooting there. Uh, they were getting ready to, you know, tonight and tomorrow night to play some college basketball games that they're having to postpone at least tonight. So definitely thoughts and prayers with them. Um, and, and what's going on at Michigan State, it's sad that you can't even, you know, go to, to college. I mean, you can't even go to school anymore. But if you look at the Texas-Oklahoma deal, uh, you know, $100 million to them is like a penny to you and I. So uh, I think that they, they realized uh, what they wanted, and they realized they wanted to be in the, the best conference in football. And, man, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm excited. Yep. I, I really fun. am. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. 
it's going to make uh, recruiting um, definitely more competitive, which I think is good for everybody but Georgia uh, and Alabama. So I think it's going to be it's going to be fun to see, you know, what was what it's like with them in the conference. And of course, that's going to you know change some things scheduling wise. They've already been kind of noting who maybe Tennessee might play every year, who they might not play every year. So it's going to be interesting to see which rivalries they keep, which ones they take away, and. Uh, that's it's we're, we're making a change in college football, which we already have with the NIL and the transfer portal. But this scheduling over the next few years, John, it's going to be really interesting to see how it works out. Yeah, and I think they're working on that right now. So maybe by next week or in the coming weeks, the SEC will kind of have an idea of whether they're going to do the pod, whether they're going to reconfigure the divisions, what you know, whatever way we're going to go about I think, this. I think we end up with, with Alabama, Vandy, and Kentucky. I would like to keep Florida, um, but I, I, I think that – Obviously, Vandy being in-state. Now, well, this is a perfect opportunity. We're adding Texas and Oklahoma. Vandy needs to leave the conference, man. They need to They need to leave the conference. I mean, they, they're fixing to be so far behind that they can't even tie their cleats to go play. So, it's, it's going to be – got to GPA up, man. That's what it is, ain't it? That's what it is. Make the GPA number look better. Let's <laughs> take a break. When we come back, we'll get into some of the biggest deals from the NBA trade deadline. It was a wild deadline day last week. We'll unpack that and more on the other side of the break. It is the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. Are you looking for a place to sit back, relax, and support your favorite sports teams? It's the Hawks Nest Bar and Grill in Martin. On Mondays, $3 well shots and $1 90 light cans. Also, weekly cornhole tournaments with $10 blind draws. Sign ups at 6 and bags fly at 7. Titsy Tuesdays, trivia night, $2 well tequila shots, $2 90 cans, two for one well shots, and also $2 tacos. Wednesday, wing Wednesday with 50 cent wings. Karaoke on Thursday and each and every weekend, live music. So be sure to stop by and support your favorite local bands at the Hawks at 105 Church Street in Martin. Segment three on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by Jerry Ward Autoplex and the Hawks Nest. Well, I can't remember a trade deadline that got this big this quickly. You know, Jordan, we thought when we came in here last week, we recorded a show and we were talking about the Kyrie deal on Monday or from Sunday. And we thought, all right, now, you know, maybe things will settle down, some pieces will move, but Man, did a lot of big names get moved around. And we'll start with the deal on Wednesday night, which really kind of kick-started things back into high gear. A three-team deal between the Lakers, the T-Wolves, and the Jazz, with the Lakers acquiring D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. The Timberwolves got Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, three second-round picks, and the Jazz got Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, and a 2027 first round pick Jordan immediately I saw this trade and I thought the Lakers I think absolutely won this deal I I mean Russell is a great scorer he's going to help you as far as your offense goes he's going to I think he brings more stability than Westbrook and a much more easy personality and then Beasley and Vanderbilt are great role guys I mean Beasley can shoot it and Vanderbilt can Mm -hmm. really get you some rebounds and can play well on the block so I mean I, I thought the Lakers did really well with this trade yeah, and D'Angelo Russell, like you just said, I mean, he's a guy that when LeBron, you know, skips every other game like he does, uh, he's a guy that can he's a guy that can go score. I mean, he can score. Yep. He can find his own offense. Uh, I was, you know, I flipped it on the other night and saw him uh, what he was able to do, getting downhill to the basket, kicking it out to shooters. Um, he really helped him. He was a, he's a big spark for him. So I'm I'm with you. I think the Lakers probably did the best out of this deal, uh, and it's a deal that that definitely favors them and and maybe. 
what stinks is what everybody else is doing. If you're a Lakers fan, what everybody else is doing around you in the conference is you're not going to be able to compete. I mean, you're just yeah. – you're not. And I know we're going to get to that, but I do think it helps them uh, with where they are right now. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, you get the albatross of Russell Westbrook off and the Jazz are talking about buying him out. And I thought – I mean, even the Wolves getting Mike Conley. I, I thought yeah. that was a good deal for them, and, and, and he will help them out as well. The Knicks were able to acquire Josh Hart from the Blazers for Cam Reddish, two more players – and a 2023 lottery-protected first-round pick. Here's your Spurs. The Raptors getting Jakob Portal from the Spurs for a 2024 first-round pick. Another player in two seconds. So your thoughts about moving on from Jakob Portal? I'm, I'm kicking myself because I can't remember the stat I saw last night. I know it had Greg Popovich's face on it, and they're talking about um, the deals the Spurs have made over the last few years. Spurs are in full-blown uh, rebuild mode. They've lost more games in a row than they ever have in the franchise's history. Uh, but, John, I don't want to misquote this, but they have – I know they have more um, first- and second-round picks than anybody over the next five years. But I can't oh, wow. remember I can't remember how many of those they're moving on to to turn into cash and later picks and all that good stuff. But there was a stat that said, in five years, you should look up and the Spurs should be back to where they used to be because of what they have, you know, there. Do I want to wait till 2028? Do I want to watch this for five more years? No, I don't. But um, I think that this is where we're at. So I'm, I'm going to sit here and enjoy being 14 and 44, and um, <laughs> we'll trade away every key piece we have, and we'll go from there. I do think that Pop is hanging around to coach up some of these younger guys and help the organization get ready to, like I said, just go full-blown uh, rebuild. So we'll see We'll see what happens in, in the future. But I wasn't surprised to see them move on from him. And then, He's a good player. Uh, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, and if you're going to get Victor Winbayama, I mean, <laughs> what does it matter? Yeah. Well, and, and then in the middle, quite literally in the middle of the night, I was asleep, and I woke up Thursday morning to a bunch of texts, a bunch of notifications, and they all revolved around one name, Kevin Durant, who in the middle of the night was dealt to the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, Jordan, this one felt more quiet, you know, there hadn't really been the trade request. It wasn't as public. You kind of thought he probably was a little, you know, unsettled after Kyrie left. So you, it wasn't impossible to see it coming, but it certainly was not as publicized as, you know, it was talked about last summer. But, indeed, Kevin Durant heading out west once again. This is the details. The Suns acquired Kevin Durant and T.J. Warren. The Nets get Mikael Bridges. Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks and a 2028 pick swap as Kevin Durant gets where he wanted to go already. So, obviously, the Nets are now stuck with Ben Simmons and a bunch of role guys, and Phoenix has loaded up. They keep they obviously get Kevin Durant, but you keep Devin Booker, you keep DeAndre Ayton, and you keep Chris Paul. So, I mean, Jordan, an unreal trade for the Suns, and clearly all the chips are on the table for mm -hmm. Phoenix this year. That's that's where we're at, and of course, and with that trade, they they did get Drake, Jake uh, Crowder in that deal, but he's already been bought out and sent to the Bucks. So he's playing with the Bucks now, which he, I mean, he's going to help the Bucks. I mean, that's a yes. guy that's that's really going to help them. Um, but if you if you look at that, uh, I, I talked about it a little bit ago last night. The Nets started four of the five guys they got in those two trades with Kyrie and KD, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges. Those guys, um, Spencer Didwitty, he Those guys are going going to really help you uh they can they're good role guys i don't think they're going to win you a championship but the nets got younger they got more uh, draft picks stocked up and they got more cash space so 
if if he doesn't want to be there, it's like we've talked about in the past, John, with some of these teams that hold on to these superstars that are not happy. You're kind of in a lose lose because if you hang on to them, they're not going to play. They're hurt or they're you know they're not happy. Yeah. But uh, you know if you if you trade them, obviously you're going to take a step back, but you're going to set yourself up for the future. So I think it was a win win either way. Um, and as bad as that sounds, one team ended up with KD, one got rid of him, but. Um, if KD can stay healthy, I think he can really help Phoenix. And I think they know that that window for CP3, if he's going to get one, it's coming to an end. So they got to find a way here to uh, to give him an opportunity. And there's there's no excuses now, in my opinion. I mean, they got it's a really, really good team. So now it's time to make a run. Well, and the other thought that's out there, Brian Windhorst talked about this. If, you know, and they talked, they dangled Chris Paul out there to trade for Kyrie. And if Kyrie yeah. blows up in Dallas, doesn't want to play in Dallas anymore. He walks in free agency, and he can just make the short drive over to Phoenix and rejoin his buddy KD. And then you've got Kyrie, KD, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton next year. So, I mean, the Suns are set up. I mean, if, yeah. if you want to move on from Chris Paul after this year, sure, you can do it. If you want to, you know, trade him and try to get Kyrie Irving, go ahead. But, I mean, man, they, they, they all the chips are on the table for Phoenix. We'll see how it ends 15, up. Big, 15, 15 hour drive, John, from, from Dallas oh, to Phoenix. Well, maybe not, okay. not short. Not Maybe short. It's not short. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but for Kyrie, the earth is flat. So well, that is true. He, yeah. he, can, he can figure it out. He can figure it out. A couple other notable trades. The Lakers sent Thomas Bryant to the Nuggets. They acquired three second round picks. Matisse Thibel went to the Blazers. Jay Crowder, as Jordan said, ended up with the Bucks in a three team deal with the Pacers and Nets. And also involving Serge Ibaka, Jordan Awara, and George Hill, who went to the Pacers. Bones Highland. Heads to the Clippers. The Warriors had a four-team deal that nearly busted because of Gary Payton failing his physical, but the Warriors decided to stick with it. At the end of the day, they dealt James Wiseman to the Pistons and obviously got their old boy Gary Payton back into the lineup. They did file a complaint against the Blazers. The Magic swapped out Mo Bamba and Patrick Beverly, so they get bigger at the post spot. Josh Richardson heading to the Pelicans for Devontae Graham and four seconds in that deal as well. So any of these other trades stand out to you, Jordan, as we wind down this segment? Obviously, there was a, a lot of deals going on, um, but after those two big splashes, everybody kind of lost track. I do think it was, you know, something to note that the Warriors moved on from James Wiseman, a guy that they yeah. uh, obviously thought was going to be a really good player for them, but they decided to move on from him. He just kind of stayed banged up, uh, getting Gary Payton back. Um, they still, like you said, they still plan to keep him, so that's big. Um, but I mean, other than that, there were there were some other small moves that I thought were were pretty good. It's it's weird seeing George Hill back in a Pacers uniform, just like it is seeing D'Angelo Russell in the Lakers uniforms. Yeah. So we're taking us back and going back to things these players. Have. It's like Jordan is having a bit of a connection issue, so uh, we'll hopefully to have him. With there he is. The top the top things. Yeah, Jordan, you kind of cut in and out there a little bit, so uh, if you might want to try to re, re, repeat a little bit of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where where I got left off at, but I, I do think that there was some. It was I, what I was saying was it was it was kind of weird seeing some of these guys go back to some of their previous teams. You know, George Hill yeah. back to the Pacers, D'Angelo yep. Russell back to the Lakers, um, but I still think everybody's looking at at Phoenix in the West and and hoping. Uh, Dallas has got a chance, uh, but Phoenix is Phoenix is going to be the team. And then in the East is really where the competition is. I'm, I'm interested to see how that ends up. It'll be a fun playoffs coming up later this spring. We'll take a break. We'll come back. 
We will recap Super Bowl 57, which is in the books. We'll unpack that and more on the other side. It is the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. For your next car or truck, come see Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City. Jerry Ward and his all-star team have a lot filled with pre-owned small, mid-sized, and full-size cars, SUVs, and nice trucks, too. And if they don't have the right size, they'll find it for you. No matter what you're looking for, score your next ride at Jerry Ward Autoplex, Real Foot Avenue in Union City, or online at jerrywardautoplex.com. Like Jerry always says, don't dream it, drive it. Be a winner with Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City. Are you looking for a place to sit back, relax, and support your favorite sports teams? It's the Hawks Nest Bar and Grill in Martin. On Mondays, $3 well shots and $1 90 light cans. Also, weekly cornhole tournaments with $10 blind draws, sign-ups at 6, and bags fly at 7. Titsy Tuesdays, trivia night, $2 well tequila shots, $2 90 cans, two-for-one well shots, and also $2 tacos. Wednesday, wing Wednesday with 50-cent wings. Karaoke on Thursday and each and every weekend, live music. So be sure to stop by and support your favorite local bands at the Hawks Nest at 105 Church Street in Martin. Final segment of the show today on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. We've got to get Jordan out of here to head over to a meeting, so we will not be doing the stock market today. So we will wrap up the show today by unpacking Super Bowl 57, the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35 to and one of the most thrilling and entertaining Super Bowls we have seen in quite a long time. And just looking at the game itself, you know, you felt like Philly was in a good spot. They jump out to a 24-14 halftime lead. And then Kansas City really gets cranking in the second half. No punts, no penalties, no turnovers, no incompletions. A big special teams play. Patrick Mahomes is making plays. It was not without controversy, and Jordan, I'll let you have your piece on this in a minute, but like I told you yesterday, this holding thing, look, I I get it. It's an anticlimactic ending to what was a great game. I know it's not how anybody wanted to see it come to an end. You wanted to see Jalen Hurts get one more meaningful possession to answer whatever the Chiefs did, but on the other side of the coin, give credit to the Chiefs, man. I mean, look, don't say it was rigged. It was a hold. James Bradbury himself said it was a hold. It was the right call. I know it's a little touchy, but it was it's a call. You you can't I'm over you can't call that in that spot. If it's a penalty, you gotta call it. It doesn't yeah. matter when it happens. You have to call it if it's a penalty. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I'm so tired of oh, it was rigged. The league won event, the Chiefs win. Maybe they did, but give Kansas City all the credit in the world. They won that game, they earned that game, they played about as clean of a second half as you could possibly play. And I mean, what else can you say about it? Patrick Mahomes, an incredible second half. His numbers weren't as great by his stretch, but, I mean, the dude made plays on a bum ankle. He continued to make big plays, and obviously, you know, we mentioned it, no punts, no penalties, no turnovers. One incompletion, which was a uh, a throwaway, uh, and so Kansas City wins their second title in four years, 38-34. to but, you know, that first half, it looked like all Philly, Jordan. And, and if it wasn't for that Nick Bolton scoop and score, I mean, Philly really could have stretched that lead out. Yeah, it, it was a, a really fun game. It's kind of opposite. You know, I told you the week before uh, that I kind of anticipated Philly to start slow because Kansas City's been there. They would come out hot. And then I thought Philly, uh, because of the longevity of the game and the, the fact that they were better all year at the line of scrimmage on both sides, offense and defense, 
thought they would come back and, and win the game just because of that. They were able to run the ball a lot better too, but not not Sunday. I mean, the Chiefs were the better team. Um, you know, they Patrick Mahomes had plenty of time in that second half, um, and they just dominated that second half, and that was really the difference. And I think the main the main key that was they were able to run the football. I mean, they really controlled yep. the the line of scrimmage. They, the running game was really really getting going. Um, and then just to touch on. Uh, you know, Patrick versus Jalen. I thought Jalen, just like I said earlier, I thought Jalen had the better game stats-wise. I mean, he had three rushing touchdowns. He controlled, um, you know, when they were on offense, he did a really good job there. He, you know, came back there towards the end, scored, and then tied it with a two-point conversion of his legs. Um, but, I mean, it's not going to go to the losing quarterback. It's going to go to the winning quarterback, the MVP is. So, that's kind of kind of how it goes. I thought Mahomes uh, was able to uh, – to definitely keep them in the game and, and lead the comeback. But, again, I think it goes back to the fact that their offensive line was doing a really good job, whether it was in the running game uh, or the passing game. And, of course, Trey Smith, who is from Jackson, um, was, is a part of that offensive line, played at Tennessee. So, definitely congratulations to uh, to him for, for getting the Super Bowl. Well, and, I mean, again, you got to credit – I, I got to give some credit to Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. The jet yeah. motion stuff which set up two wide-open touchdowns. I mean, they found that on the film. And, I mean, two absolute gems dialed up by Reed and Biennemi there. Uh, and and got to give a shout-out to Kadarius Tony, Longest punt return in Super Bowl history, which flipped the field dramatically, set yeah. up the Chiefs for another big touchdown. And Mahomes using his legs. We, we talked about it with the way it worked out two weeks ago, him making the scramble to set up the winning field goal for Butker in the AFC title game. Again, a 26, 27-yard scramble on a bum ankle when it mattered most. I mean, the guy has absolute guts. You cannot deny it. He does. I mean, he's he's really, really good, man. He he makes it happen there towards the end. He made that that scramble to get the first down, and um, you know, it was it was it was really good. I mean, he, that's just what he does. That's what he he always finds a way in in the key moments to make the big play and. Um, not a surprise that, that he was able to do that. What about what about the commercials, John? Which commercial was your favorite? Uh, I must say when when they when the Tubi commercial when it made me think <laughs> they were changing it, I, I about threw something. Um, yeah, that that one. Um, I'm trying to remember. There was another good one. The Ben Affleck Dunkin' Donuts was pretty good. Um, the Tubi, the Tubi's one everybody was talking about. That was wild. That was a good yeah. idea, though. To, to it do was that. clever. It was very yeah. clever. Um, looking at the final box score again, Philly controlled a lot of the main uh, you know yardage here. Outgained KC four seventeen to three forty. Time of possession they held at thirty five forty seven to twenty four thirteen. It had four more first downs, but again, Mahomes too much. The rushing out they outrushed Philly, which was really not on my bingo card. One fifteen to one fifty or one fifty eight to one fifteen. And you know, Jordan, you had said this. And this is why I think it was clever uh, for what Kansas City did to try not to give the ball back to Jalen Hurts, who had been the best player on the field all night outside of the one fumble. 27 of 38, 304 yards and a touchdown pass, 70 rushing yards and three touchdowns. He's the first quarterback to lose the Super Bowl when his team scored 35 points or more. It was the most rushing yards by a quarterback in the Super Bowl, and he tied Terrell Davis's mark with three rushing touchdowns. Historic night for him. He joined Steve Young and Joe Montana as the only players to account for at least 370 yards and four touchdowns in the Super Bowl. I mean, the so guy, there's never been there's never been a losing team score 35 points or more in the Super Bowl. That was the note I read. Yeah, holy cow! I mean, that is. I mean, it was a historic performance for Jalen Hurts. Like yeah. you said, if they win the game, he's your MVP. There, I mean, yeah, easily. But, 
what, what's what's cool to think about, man, both quarterbacks. You cannot criticize either quarterback. They both played outstanding games. I mean, it was a great no. to watch them play. Yeah, and even at the end, if you call the holding, um, you know, it's they're still going to be in field goal range, and I, yeah, I talked to you about it. The Eagles may get the ball back with about a, you know, maybe one timeout, probably none, and then a minute, three or four seconds left, I think is what they said. Um, so you still got to go the length of the field, and you just got to get three, but still, I mean, it's it would have been really tough for for them to do that. I thought the the Chiefs did the smart thing by running out the clock, and um, to be fair, they missed a couple they missed a couple earlier in the game, and I understand that's why people were complaining about the one called at the end of the game. And it's always weird to me when people make the argument. Well, I hate to see the game end like that. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. I mean, that's, that's just right. that's that's just what it is. I mean, what it is. the Chiefs fans want you to call it. I mean, you can't change the way you call the game because it's the end of the game. It was a penalty, and it's and the whole argument should be over when the guy comes out and says he did it. I mean, yes, that, that should be that should yes. be the ending right there. So, the Chiefs deserved it. Again, I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to find a way, John, to not like the Chiefs and not want to pull for them because it's you know I'm just tired of seeing them up there, but. Obviously, with Trey being a part of that team, you want to you want to see him get one. And um, Mahomes and his greatness, man, he, they're already talking about him being one of the top five guys ever to play the game at 27. So it's um, I think we're going to see a lot more of it. And Andy Reid was asked uh, because there was some speculation he might retire. And after the game, he said he thinks he might hang around and have a cheeseburger and a Bud Light. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens with Andy Reid moving forward. But obviously, Mahomes, as Andy Reid stated, is a big part of what Kansas City does offensively. He just yes. keeps you alive and dead plays. And uh, we're going to see a lot more of Patrick Mahomes, but there's a lot of other really good quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in the league that I'm excited to see challenge him. And I think, you know, to your point about it being hard not to like them, you know, I think that's where it's coming from. They're the new team that's winning all the time. People want to say, oh, well, the <laughs> NFL rigged it so that they would win again. Yeah. I mean, look, maybe they did rig it, but again, what else do you want? They earned they it. Didn't, they didn't rig it, man. They, I, they, I mean, it's just I, – I, I want to believe it's not. Let's just say that. Yeah. I, I love it too much. Um, they're a lot easier to like than New England and the success oh, yes. they were having. So, Easy. if they keep if they keep doing it, I'm cool with it. Um, obviously, I want to see the Titans up there, but we're a long way from that. So, we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. I do think – the Joe Burrow is fixing to get one before long because they just keep they keep taking gasoline, and just pouring it on his on his <laughs> fire, and he's uh man, he's he's gonna get there eventually. He's, I do he's not, that good. I do not get the sense this was the last of Jalen Hurts in a Super Bowl. I don't either. I, I don't think, either. I think they're good enough to get back. Now he's you know 24. we talked about this yesterday. They're gonna have to pay some guys, and it's the yeah. same situation with the Bengals. You're gonna have to find a way to keep everybody happy. And uh, that, that's it's going to be tough. He's 24. Yeah. If you're winning the Super Bowl, then everybody, yeah, we'll take a little pay cut so we hang around. But if you're coming up a few games short, guys are going to start moving, like you said. Yeah. Well, and like you said, he's 24, and he just had perhaps the performance of his life on the <laughs> biggest stage. So, I mean, the guy, you know, I mean, I know, you know, we, we talk about him. Can he throw it? Well, he made enough plays to, to nearly win Philly the game. So, you've got to give him a ton of credit. And even – even Mahomes said. Even Mahomes said that everybody should be quiet talking about Jalen Hurts because he he earned the respect. Yes, absolutely. Mahomes, Kelsey, and Andy Reid have their second ring in the past four years. Mahomes snaps the curse of the MVP. He's the third player to win his second NFL MVP before age twenty eight. The youngest quarterback to start three Super Bowls and is the first league MVP to win the Super Bowl since Kurt Warner in nineteen ninety nine. He is, as we said, Andy Reid. 
expected to be back in 2023. The playing surface was a big storyline, Jordan. I, you know, yeah, guys slipping and sliding everywhere. Uh, how do we fix this? I mean, how do you have that happen? And it wasn't just, you know, one team. They both complained about it. Yeah. And they said the grass was grown for two years at a side farm in Phoenix. Um, anticipate when they announced that they were doing the Super Bowl. Speaking of that, they obviously we know the next one's in Vegas, but they also announced about the New Orleans in 2025. So I guess we can throw that out there for yeah. the next two Super Bowls, Vegas and then New Orleans. But as far as the the, the playing service to grass for this field, uh, like I said, it was grown at a side farm. I, just, I don't know really what goes all into that. I'd have to ask Mr. Jacob Barber or Robin Francis, but um, I, I know that something something was definitely off. But uh, the Chiefs also broke another curse. They they broke the uh, coin toss curse because there's yes. eight, straight, eight straight teams uh, that had won the coin toss had uh, lost the game. So they, right. they yep. actually won the game. So that, that streak is now broke. They also became just the second Super Bowl team in Super Bowl history to rally from a 10-point halftime deficit and win. And, Jordan, I was reading an article this morning on The Athletic. This stat just was unfathomable to me. Mahomes has trailed by 10 points in 24 different games in his career, including the playoffs, and is 14-10 and 10 in those games now. No other quarterback in NFL history has approached 500 in those games. <laughs> he's won 14 out of the 24. That's 14 insane. 14 out of the 24, he's trailed by 10 or more. That That's is what, nuts. Yeah. That so if he's, down, if he's down 10, he's just getting comfortable. He's just getting locked yes. in. Absolutely. That's wild. That's wild. You know, as we mentioned, third highest scoring Super Bowl ever. Philadelphia's 35 points, the most ever by a team that lost. But the Chiefs did prove that they could run the football. The investment in the offensive line really paid off for them at the end. What happened to Philly up front, do you think? You know, we talked about this. You, you me, and Mike Cutchins have a little group thread. We were texting about it. Both, All of us were kind of surprised because Philadelphia had – everyone kind of penciled them in as having the edge on both lines of scrimmage. And really, at the end of the day, Kansas City – uh, had ended up being the team that played mm-hmm. better on both. Except lines. for early in the game, that's the case. I mean, and they Kansas City was able to run the ball. They controlled uh, the line of scrimmage. I will say, Kansas City brought a, di- a lot of different looks that they were talking about on the broadcast. Uh, they brought some guys uh, from the linebacker position, but it's not anything these guys hadn't seen before. I just think they were tougher, man. They made things happen um, and made it very confusing on um, on the Eagles. Yeah. So looking ahead to next year, you know they're already talking about dynasty with Kansas City. Is this the beginning of the dynasty? I think you got to call it, you know, the beginning of one. I don't know that it, you know, it's locked in and it's definitely one yet. Uh, it's going to be – they're going to be really good for a long time, man. they got a lot of really good players. If they can trade away one of their best receivers and still win the Super Bowl, I think that speaks volumes. I mean, they didn't have a lot of just stud receivers this year, um, and, and nobody could figure out how to guard Kelsey, even though they knew that he was going with, to him in key moments. So, the way Andy Reid uh, dials things up, Eric Bieniemy uh, as well. I don't know if he'll end up taking another job or not, but um, this offense and this team is going to be around a long time as long as Patrick Mahomes is at the helm. This is one question I was going to have on the stock market if we got to it today. So Patrick Mahomes' resume now at, in, I think, what, five seasons as a starter? It, it, now, like you said, he's only 27, two-time Super Bowl champ, two-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, two-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, two-time passing touchdowns leader and passing yards leader this year. Is that a Hall of Fame resume if he retired tomorrow? This is going to be the most Tennessee fan thing ever. But you know what Peyton says is the gospel, man. And Peyton says it. I'm I'm behind it 100. 
he, I mean, I, it, listen, Peyton Manning knows football a lot better than you and I do. That's right. Uh, and he mentioned that this is one – he said he should already be in the top five conversation and that wow. he's a Hall of Famer. So, if he says that, I, I'm here to say that uh, I believe that – I mean, honestly, just from what I know about ball too, man, he's done enough. I mean, he, yeah. he has already, and he's just 27, so – He's going to keep adding to that to that resume, and it's going to be incredible to watch. It'll be fascinating to watch it all unfold. That's going to do it for our show today here on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by Jerry Winotoplex and the Hawks Nest. We hope next week to have Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow from Outkick the Coverage join us. Uh, we'll get the time and details out there when we know it, but that is going to do it for today. Jordan, any final thoughts as we sign off? Fun show. Obviously, it was a heck of a game Sunday, and – um, definitely one of the best Super Bowls we've, we've had in recent memory uh, and hoping for a, a fun ending to the NBA uh, this year. And, and obviously March Madness is coming up, which I can't wait for. It's always – it's kind of a year in, in college basketball where it's just kind of open to, to anybody. So it's going to be a fun uh, next month or so in, in the sports world. No doubt about that. For myself, John Thornton, for Jordan Taylor, thank you for tuning in today on Radio NWTN.com, Froggy 99.3 Facebook Live, or WNK. Good morning and God bless from the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Cherry Ward Auto Flags.